You blessed? You favored? Got your faith activated today? Come on, somebody. Jesus is going to do some awesome things. Amen. I'm so glad to be here this morning and be with all of you and so glad that you are here and I have a great word for you today. I just want to acknowledge Christmas is coming and it's coming really quick and there are some die hard, I shouldn't do the devil signs, I don't know, die hard Christmas people, we'll do the peace sign uh, and I love it, it's awesome. So we have our annual Christmas Eve Eve that we do every year and so because Christmas Eve falls on Sunday morning, I want you to hear, we are not doing Sunday morning church, okay? We'll put something online, but we're going to do Saturday night like we always do, Christmas Eve Eve. Say Eve Eve. We do Christmas Eve Eve. That way you can spend the entire Christmas Eve with your family. So we have a wonderful night planned for you every Christmas Eve. The reason why I like it at night is because we do some traditions around here, and they're just not the same unless it's at night. So we're going to do Christmas Eve, so you'll start seeing some advertisements. Invite your friends, invite your coworkers. It's a one-hour candlelight service, and we present the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they will come, and they will hear the gospel, I promise. And then we always have an awesome after party and a wonderful time together in the courtyard. And I heard the Grinch is showing up. So I don't know if that's what I heard. Boo. Uh, so anyway, we won't advertise who it is because, you know, but uh, anyway, we're going to have a good time together. You'll hear more about that. Amen? Amen. Some of you are guessing who it is already. I can just hear your, who, th who do you think it is? Matthias. You are pegged, dude. Just can't get around it. He's like the fun guy of the church, though. He's like the church mascot. I mean, let's just call it, you're the church mascot, Matthias. It's over. And, and poor Allison, she's just along for the ride. She's like, I'll just support him, hallelujah. Yeah, she's so wonderful. She's a good wife. They're out working in their little shop all the time for our children's ministry and for our special events, and we love them so much. Amen? All right. Well, I have an awesome message for you. Are you ready? It's been in the brewing for a while, and I thought I was delivering it last week, but we're doing it today, hallelujah. And I really enjoyed this study, and I think if I enjoyed teaching it as much as I enjoyed studying it, we might go through the entire priestly robe and really talk about each garment that the priest represents in the Old Testament, because there's so much spiritual significance in the Old Testament. And I think as you're reading the Old Testament, we need to realize that the Old Testament is the outward expression to the inward working of Christ in the New Testament. So everything that's in the old, you have to find a way to how does it work on the inside of me today? How does it work through, you know, the Word of God, through grace and all of that? Because sometimes we can read the Old Testament, you might find it boring or just great stories, but how many know God is amazing? He whittled his word so perfect from Genesis 1 to Revelation, and it's just a beautiful story throughout the whole thing. You will find the same message through scriptures. And so this is a small piece of it, and I'm excited to share it with you. So my message is called, The Significance of the Hem of His Garment. The Significance of the Hem of His Garment. And I'm going to be giving you some scripture verses today, so I just ask you to hang on. If you take notes, take some good notes today. If you want to write in your phone, I won't judge you for being on your phone during church. I know everybody on their phone is never looking at Facebook. I know that, but just so you know, I do see you on your phones. Just not blind up here, but anyway. Not a scolding service, I'm just kidding. All right, not really, but anyway. Let's get spiritual, you all. Come on. 
So anyway, we're going to talk about the hem of his garment, and I want to show you some principles and, that are really tied to this beautiful old story to how it ties into our life today. And I truly believe that we're going to open up the altars at the end, and I believe there's going to be miracles here this morning, if there hasn't been already, because I believe the Lord's really going to provoke your faith. So we're going to open up to the story in uh, Mark chapter 5, and right before this story, you know the woman with the issue of blood. We're not going to focus too much on her we are a little but we're going to focus on, on on her act of faith but prior to that jesus had been performing miracles and uh jarius had um, come to jesus and he wanted his daughter healed and so jesus said i'll come with you and that's where this story picks up so let's just look at this in mark chapter 5 and starts in verse 24 and i've got my bible with me everybody i've got like the the written pages and this thing is so old I think it starts in Exodus now because I've had to tape it back together but it's all in there but it says this in uh, Mark chapter 5 verse 24 so Jesus went with him Jarius and a great multitude followed him and thronged him and I want to stop there for just a minute this thronging um, was just this large crowd it was very dense I imagine it sometimes being those concerts that kind of freak me out you know you get claustrophobic thinking people are so close to you and there was this thronging and these people have this anticipation or this yearning for Jesus or for God or Jesus to show up in miracles there was a hunger for Jesus they had heard about his miracles they had heard about his ministry and I believe this shows a true sign of what uh, Hello, Ed. It's so good to have you back. Our Ed Fowler's back this morning. He's here. But a good friend of ours. So anyway, um, they were following him, and they, they heard of this move of Jesus, and, and they heard about these miracles, and they were hungry for Jesus. They were yearning for miracles. They were yearning for something that they couldn't provide for themselves. And I believe this looks like the picture of the church and how we should look. And I believe there is a move of God, an awakening. Some people call it revival. I believe it's more labeled as an awakening, that we're going to awaken to this strong need that we need to have for Jesus, where we need Him for hope. We need Him for freedom. We need Him for deliverances. We need Him for miracles. I believe there's going to be this awakening to just hunger, and we're going to draw so close to Jesus in this hour. And, and I believe that it's here in, in small portions, but I believe it's going to come as a mighty wave. How many so ready for that? And so everywhere, everywhere Jesus traveled, the people ran out. They ran out because they were in need. Say, in need. And you're here this morning, and maybe you're in need in some way, or someone you love who is in need. Our first place that we have to go is Jesus. He is the miracle maker. Amen. And so we find this woman in this story, and I, I want to go ahead and read her story, then we're going to talk about it. Verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Say 12 years. That's crazy. And had suffered many things from many physicians, and she spent all that she had, and it was no better, but grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her. He looked around to see her who had done this thing. 
and we're gonna we're gonna finish the story in a minute but I think it's so important that when you reach out to Jesus he sees you he turns and sees you and sometimes we may feel like the stranger in the crowd like how could Jesus ever touch me or am I important enough for Jesus to really meet my need or maybe you've been caught in the throngs of people in the busyness of life and you haven't really believed that Jesus wants to show up where you're at and we're gonna find some amazing things in this story that he wants to meet you right where you're at and verse 33 but the woman fearing and trembling knowing what had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth verse 34 he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction and if you look at this incredible story of this one woman she can resemble every one of us in this room. She carried so many afflictions in her story that sometimes we can focus on just the issue of blood, but we don't look at the whole picture of what this woman was going through. And I think they're gonna put up a short list, but there were so many things that she was facing. She was physically ill. And I wanna put in there, she wasn't just physically ill, mentally ill, okay? She was um, considered untouchable. She was getting worse. She spent all of her money. I want to stop right there. If you look at all these categories of what she was facing, somewhere we can identify ourselves in this woman. That maybe you feel like you don't have the resource to do what you need to do. You feel like God hasn't been faithful and, and where's the return and, and where's the increase of what you've been trusting God with? Or maybe you've been going through a physical ailment and you've really been struggling or someone that you love. Maybe you feel untouchable, like you're not worthy of God seeing you or getting God's attention. You're not worthy. Maybe there's some shame in your background that you really can't get close to Jesus like he wants you to get close to him. There's so many things in our life that keep us away from this place of faith, of really reaching to Jesus in an intimate way, of finding the miracle that we desperately need. And I feel like we can so relate to this woman, don't you? This woman had so many things going on, but what I love, I'm gonna pick apart a couple things, but what I love in verse, I think it was 34, he called her her daughter. Called her daughter. He took her from this woman of a mass crowd, and when he saw her, he called her by an intimate name. So what, what is that name? It's a female offspring. He was saying, you're not just a woman, and, and I know I'm talking about women, but you're not just a man. I call you mine. He's changing this thing, and we're going to talk about the law in just a minute, but he didn't want her to think you just touched something magical on my hem. I want you to know that I am Jesus, your Savior. I am the one that you pulled power from the hem of my garment. And this isn't just because you happen to fight through every resistance. It's because I'm calling you my own. And if we can get that revelation in our heart that you are God's, you are God's kid. God doesn't just look in this room and go, well, let's bless faith builders. He looks in this room and he's like, let's bless Deborah. Let's bless Chrissy. Let's, he looks at you individually. Remember that old that a song, a song of Solomon. It says, "I am my beloved, and He is mine. His banner over me is love." Okay, we got some oldies in here. We can work it. <laughs> I am my beloved, and He is mine. He's saying, "You belong to me." 
and I belong to you. And I'm going to show you symbolically how that wraps up into this story and what she touched on his garment. You have to get this revelation that you are important to God. Your need, you matter to God. And when you can get that revelation, you will constantly go to his presence because you know that you are important. You are not rejected by God. You don't have to be super spiritual to go to his presence. This woman was an outcast. She was overlooked. She was rejected. She was poor. Other people went before her. But she got this revelation about Jesus. And my, my last point about her was somehow she developed a belief system that Jesus was the one to heal her. She believed in Jesus against every resistance, maybe bad reports, maybe shut doors, maybe lost opportunities will try to keep you away from this amazing miracle that Jesus is. And he's saying, don't let any of that push you back. If you knew you were my kid, you would press in for everything. You would press in for all the benefits because you know I am yours and you are mine. It's very intimate, isn't it? And so what do we see from this story? She pressed in and when she did, the power of Jesus came into her body and immediately she was healed. Immediately. That word power is, we know, the word duminous. This translation, it's, it's duminous, but it meant miracle power. Now, I want you to get that so in the front of your heart today because as I build this analogy, I want you to know that there is miracle power waiting for you through Jesus. Whether it's healing, mental, financial, relationship, favor, business opportunities, there are miracles waiting for your life. God is not a respecter of persons. It is not if you've read Genesis to Revelations that this miracle is available to you. It's because you are his and he is mine. Amen. It's such a beautiful relationship. So what did she do? She said, I got to get to Jesus. And we know scripture says this. She touched the hem of his garment. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. The hem of his garment. If you look at the Greek word of that word hem, it is the word crosspidon. And it means border or fringe. So she reached down and in that word it means the border or the fringe of his garment. So what I did is I bought a beautiful prayer cloth and I used to have one and I lost it so I'm so glad I bought a new one. At least it's packed up. This would be something that you would find on a Jewish male that was part of their garment. Isn't it beautiful? I can see why people get into the traditions of this amazing um, God is so amazing. And so this would be part of, if you were a Jewish male, you wore part of this was a, a garment that you would wear. And on the garment would be, this would be what she would want to go touch. This is what she touched. And it was the tassels, or it means talit. And these talits, according to scripture, we're going to read it. We're going to read it in just a second. But there was 631 white pieces of thread on each corner of the garment. So it was in each corner. And when they would wear this, the talents represented the law. So 631 is the laws that were in the Word of God. And another word for it, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But they would wear that. And so 
what Jesus was saying, old scripture would say, when they would wear this, the talons would hit their body and it would remind them to obey the law. So this was symbolic of all the laws that they needed to fulfill. And so it would remind them you must fulfill the law. Now we know we're not bound to the law any longer, amen? We are under grace. So what I wanna do, I'm gonna lay this down here because it's really difficult to wear both, but I'm gonna have you look at Exodus and I want you to see this. It says in Exodus, or Numbers, I'm sorry, Numbers. What would happen? In Numbers, it says this. This is where they gave the um, command to how to build the garment. Again, it says uh, in verse 37, again the Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the children of Israel and tell them to make tassels like you see here on the corner. So this is the law. Let me do this pretty so you guys can see it. How's that? Nice? Okay. That way I don't have to wear it the whole time. All right, so make tassels on the corner of their garment, listen, throughout generations. So what were they saying? They were saying, I want your children's children to know the laws. So this was customary that you wear it because your children need to know the law and their children need to know the law. What was God saying? The legacy of the law needed to keep going to generations, right? It's a beautiful picture, but Jesus came, right? And we know what he did, but let's keep going. So he said, I want you to make sure your generations know to obey the law. And, but he also said to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. So this is the outward expression, right? After we read this, we have to go and find the inward working of what this picture is about because you can't fulfill the law. You can't fulfill the commandments. You can't be good enough. You can't be spiritual enough. It's not just about knowing every scripture and Bible. You can know the law, but if you don't have rhema in faith, it does you no good, right? So let's keep reading. He said that you may do them and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. So all generations have struggled with carnality their flesh, the sin of their flesh, disobedience, right? And then it goes on to say, um, and that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I love this. I want you to listen to the strength of this scripture. He wants you to obey the law here. He said, I want you to be holy for me. Why? Because I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And he goes on to say, I am the Lord your God. This is such a beautiful picture that I think is lost in the church of Jesus Christ is that fear of the Lord our God. The fear of living right. The fear of conviction by the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about fulfilling the law. I'm talking about that fear of that relationship when God troubles my heart for the things that trouble Him and I'm willing to lay down those things that don't honor Him. So He said, I'm going to remind you every day as you put that on, those tassels are going to hit you and remind you. But now Jesus is on the scene. Aren't we so thankful for Jesus? Now Jesus showed up, but He showed a picture of grace when he made the garment. Because when you look at the tassels, it's 631 is admonitions or commandments 
that they could not fulfill, but they were supposed to. But he said, when you make it, tie a blue thread through each tassel. So what does the blue represent in scripture there? It means the God of creation, the God of heaven and earth. It means God's grace. So even as they were walking in the Old Testament, Jesus said, I know there's the law, or God did, but I'm going to bring my son one day, and they're going to walk in my grace, and I'm going to take my grace, and I'm going to tie it through the law because you can't fulfill the law. You can't get your own healing. You can't restore your family members. Only the love and the creator of the Father can take the law and bind it with his love so that you can walk eternity in grace covered in the love of God. Where does our healing rest? When she touched this, it wasn't just the garment. It was the grace of God. It was the grace of Jesus. He hadn't even come yet, but he said, I'm going to show you my grace back here so that you can walk into it. How did power come out of that tassel? Jesus, the grace of God. That's why we don't need to wear the garment anymore. I love the garment. I think it's beautiful, but I don't have to put this on to go into my prayer closet anymore. If you want it as that symbol, do it. It's pretty cool. But I don't walk in this exterior now. I walk in a love, intimate relationship. He calls me daughter. He calls you son. Aren't you so thankful I can be in a car and I can be like, Jesus, come heal me. Jesus, I'm discouraged. You can be taking a shower. You can be cooking a good meal and there's the grace of God I don't need to run to get the law to try to get what God has for me he fulfilled the law he finished the law he completed the law there's nothing we could do in this earth to do what Jesus did for us and yet the church we crave the works now should we read our Bible you know I don't need to tell you this absolutely don't say well BB said I don't have no Study to show yourself approved. This is where faith comes from. It activates you. It matures you. All of those things. I'm not eliminating it. But when you don't feel spiritual, which is 99.99% of the time, I can remember the blue thread. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the creator. I'm his beloved and he is mine. And he calls me his. And I am healed right now because I'm his. I'm forgiven right now because I'm his. My marriage is restored because we belong to Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful picture of just his grace and his love? It's this outward expression of the inward working of God. Number one this morning, the, the tassel represented the new covenant in Christ Jesus. You are in a new covenant. You are not bound by the law any longer. Let's look at some of those scripture verses this morning. My notes are all over. Lonnie would be like, I'm not passing you, Pastor Barb. You do not pass Bible college. You are out of here. You would be so ashamed of me, Lonnie. Or you'd give me a great lesson. Where are my scripture verses? Oh, my goodness. Put that up there, would you? <laughs> He's like, I don't know which one, PV. I know it's here. Okay. Where are we at here? Point number one. Thank you. John 15, 5. What does he say? I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me... And I in him bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We are tied into the creator. We are, we are, we are hedged in with him. 
Because of that, I have fruit in my life. Fruit is blessings. It's prosperity. It's business opportunities. It's your heart's desire. Don't do it on your own. Tie it in with Jesus. Be that three-fourth cold that's not easily broken. Amen? Knit to the hearts of the Father. He has your desires for you more than you even want those desires. I want us to look at... Did I, did I read... Um, I'm sorry, my notes are really... I think I'm missing a scripture verse. Exodus. Did we read Exodus? Numbers. Did we read Numbers? <laughs> okay, give me two seconds. Just say hi to your neighbor. Where could that little beautiful piece of paper went? I have it here somewhere. So go back to Numbers. I want to read that again. It's actually right here. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, right? He said, I am... Tell the children of Israel, touch the garments for the next generations. I am the Lord your God. Something I want to show you, Titus is going to put a picture up there, and it says this. This is in the Greek. You can probably barely see it, but you can screenshot it. When you study scripture the way that is written in Greek, you will know it in its context, right? This is still numbers, but when you look at it, you'll see the little letters, which is the Greek, and then you'll see the word that is meant underneath those letters. It says this, it that you may look on, right? We're talking about looking at the fringe for you and it shall be of the Lord the commands all and then skip that middle and remember, right? So it's saying when you look upon this fringe, there's a command when you look on it. But when you take those two letters in the Greek, the one on the, the N, the one that looks like an, an N is the word tab and it means first, Okay? When you take that second letter, it looks like an X or another type of N, it means Aleph, the last. In, the, in Numbers, you see the command, remember the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? The word does not return void. When you are reaching out to Jesus, even in the old scriptures, it was showing the covenant of the cross. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word is God. Isn't that powerful? So even in the middle of that scripture, he was showing you, I am Jesus, right in the middle of that scripture. Look to me. Let's look at this. Hebrews 8.10 says this. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, that after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. What, what is he showing here? The new covenant. He's showing that it's no longer an external thing. He said, I'm not going to take the law. They used to put them on their, their wrist or their forehead. He said, I'm going to take that scripture, and now I'm engraving it on the inside of you. You're going to take your word, my word, and put it in your heart. You're going to put it in your mind. When you put the word in your heart, you don't sin against God. When you put the word in your heart, you can activate faith at any moment. He was showing that covenant. He made a covenant with you that you couldn't do yourself. And he said, because of that covenant, all you need to do is stand in faith. All you need to do is remain. All you need to do is keep trusting me. All you got to do is keep your eyes focused on me. The battle belongs to the Lord in the new covenant. How many are so thankful for the new covenant? 
so thankful. So, so the blue is the picture of the grace of God. I've hidden your words in my heart. Jesus is the only one that can fulfill that law. And that way we can walk in the true grace of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to look at two other, three other things quickly. Number one, the, the tassel represented the new covenant. Number two, the tassel represents healing. The healing of God. And I want us to look at Malachi 4, verse 2. And it says this, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. I'm going to stop right there. Healing in his wings. When you look at that word wing, wings, it translates from the word kanaf in Scripture. And it means this, the edge or the fringe of his garment. So when you have, you're, you're doing the prayer shawl and you're desiring healing, you know, you're putting on, right? You're putting on the healing of God. You're coming under his wings. This is just a visual interpretation of when you come for prayer, you are putting on the word and the covenant of his healing. You're putting on the ailments that you've been going through, but it's wrapped in the grace of God. When you come forth, all you have to do is stir up your faith to believe that you're not doing something on your own. You're coming under his covering. You're coming under his grace. It's not what the mind wants to battle with. It's what the Holy Spirit says about you and his word, amen? The healing coming under his wings, his protection. All right, let's keep going. It says that word healing there means this. It means cure. It means a medicine. It means tranquility, means refreshing, it means to complete and to repair. How many could use some of that in your life? It's not just physical healing, it also means financial blessings. So you're literally spiritually coming, are you guys, are you guys catching this? I want this revelation to go so deep in your heart that it's a spiritual stepping into. The miracles in your life, you don't, you don't have to crawl through broken glass. You don't put on skin inside out like John the Baptist does, did. You literally just cover yourself with his healing and with his wings. Now, when you see in Scripture in Acts chapter 19, we're not going to open it, but you saw supernatural miracles happening with the claws. When Paul, they, they would, they would uh, come and anoint his claws, and they would send them out. So there were some unusual miracles. There are some times an item can be prayed over and sent out, but we don't make a doctrine about it. Okay? It happens, and there are people do connect sometimes to that faith, but we don't make a doctrine about it. I remember when I was in Romania, I think I've told this story before, but when I was preaching there, the Lord had just put in my heart to preach in the Romanian custom outfits. And I asked the lady that I was getting ready, she hosted me, and I said, can you put me in a, a female Romanian outfit? She said, sure. It was just the coolest little mitchmack with the bling. It was just really fun. But I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to dress like that. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went to go preach in this church, and I preached the entire time. And um, afterwards, the lines were just packed. The lines were just packed. And the pastor came to me. We prayed for every one of them. And the pastor came to me, and he said, I have to tell you something. The women in Romania don't preach. They're not allowed to. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Nobody told me that part of the story, thank God. I just preached like every woman preached there. And uh, there was a woman, women from the church came and was starting a riot outside the building while I was preaching. I didn't even know that was happening while I was preaching. And uh, she came to the pastor afterwards and she said, Pastor, 
We were so mad. We were so mad that you had a woman preaching. Said, we came in here and we were angry. She said, but we listened. We listened to her. And the reason why they listened is because I was dressed like her. And she goes, we were angry, but we felt God. We felt God. And you know what they did? I said all that story to tell you this. The women wear head coverings. It's their tradition. When they come into the church, they wear head coverings. In that prayer line, every woman was taking off her prayer coverings and asking us to pray over them, bless them, to send them out to their family members. So there is something beautiful about this picture. But again, we don't make a doctrine about it. Amen? But another scripture I have, which is so beautiful, and it's the one about Aaron's beard. And um, we're going to put that up there. It's on Psalms 133.2. This, again, is the Old Testament talking about the anointing oil, the anointing. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. So when they would anoint, when they anointed the priest, they would pour a bottle of oil on his head. He would allow the, the anointing to come, the oil to come down all the way to the hem of his garment. Symbolic of what? The anointing of God. The anointing that's at the presence of God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So it wasn't the hem that did the miracle, per se. It was the anointing of God. It's the anointing that you step into to walk with Jesus. It's the anointing that helps you overcome your frustration and your fears and get your faith back in alignment. It's the anointing of God. Number three. The tassels represented protection and care. And I love this because this is such a unique story in the book of Ruth. And in Ruth chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, and many of you know the story, but this is where Naomi's sons had died, and she told her daughters, go away, I have nothing for you. I can't give you any legacy, I'm too old to marry again. And the beautiful story of Ruth is she chose to stay. And this is where this story picks up. It says in Ruth chapter 3, verse 5. Is that right? Ruth 3, 3. Therefore, Naomi told um, Ruth, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating. Verse 4. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in uncover his feet and lie down and and he will tell you what you should do and she said to her all that you say to me I will do stop right there what was this a picture of Naomi was telling Ruth go to Boaz after he's been eating and drinking and I want you to go into the place that he sleeps and I want you to get under his blanket and I want you to cover yourself okay think about this for just a minute you're that person that you have to go to the richest man of the, of the area, and he's probably been drinking, and you've been told by Naomi to go get under his cover. That is a lot of vulnerability. That is a lot of trust. I imagine she was very fearful. We look at this as heroic, but we bypass the human nature of what this girl might have been facing. This man may take advantage of me, He may reject me. I don't even know why I'm really there. I don't know what he's going to say to me. She didn't give me the full instructions. Has God ever asked you to do anything? He doesn't give you the full instructions. But when you need to come into God's care and protection, he will give you the directives for you to trust him. 
So there's sometimes you're going to come to God vulnerable, and you're going to come to God scared, and you're going to trust him for things that maybe you're not sure he can fulfill, fulfill the miracle. And that's what she was facing. She wasn't sure what was going to happen, but what did she say? I will do what you ask me to do. And there's times you met Pastor Barbara, I can't believe God for that. I can't let go of my past. I can't forgive someone. Yes, you can. Because God will not let the righteous be forsaken or his descendants begging for bread. If God gives you an instruction to come under his care and under his protection, he will be there for you. He has a miracle waiting for you when you move in faith. She had to step out by faith. So look at verse 8. Let's find out how this turned out for her. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. Imagine how he felt. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. And he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or whether rich. Now I want us to look under that when it says under your, what did she say? Under your wing, under the border. It's the same translation. We come under God's care, God's protection. We're touching the the tassels. We're going in faith that you may not feel loved, you may not feel secure, but you're going to trust coming under God's care and under God's protection. So what happened when she obeyed? She She had no redeemer, She had no inheritance, she had no favor, but she trusted coming under Boaz's covering. What happened when she did? She married the richest man in the nation. She became the great-grandmother of the heritage, the Masonic heritage of Jesus Christ because she was willing to be vulnerable. And Scripture says that she was better than seven sons. Isn't that powerful? That's the redemption story. You can come under his covering and God will redeem you. The things that you're holding back come under his protection and care. He will set you free of those things. He will make your life better than when it started. And some of you have been there already, amen? So you'll come under his wing, that place of safety. Psalms 91 says, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge His truth shall be your shield and buckler. What is that? This is the same word, the border. It's the hem of the garment. Way back in the original story. Come under my wings. I will protect you. I will be your refuge. Amen? He'll be the one to protect you. Psalms 36 and 51 says, people take refuge in the shadow of his wings. It says that you can sing for joy in the shadow of his wings. What does that represent? God's security his guidance, his protection, and his care. Let's look at Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is something spiritual. When you go into worship, it doesn't matter where it's at, but you're coming under the shadow, under the wings, under the protection. There are times that God has protected me that I didn't even know he protected me. I look back in some stories. I was just driving the other day, and I couldn't remember what story it was, but I'm like, man, I should have been killed in that moment. I I was in a crack house one night. I was like 17, didn't even know I was in a crack house. And one of the young guys came to me and says, "Um, I don't think you belong here. 
and he asked me to leave. That was God's protection. I didn't have to go, oh, I better get under his wings. No, I walk in his protection. I walk that he is for me. I walk that he guides me. God wants that revelation in your heart that you don't have to go retreat and try to find it. He has protected us from things you don't even know of when you know that he is the one covering you. Isn't that powerful? Your children are protected. They've got large angels. The covering of God is surrounding them on every side. When you pray that refuge over them, God is protecting them. Scripture says when you tithe, I'll protect your stuff. It's under the covering. Devil can't steal it. And if he tries, he's got to pay back a hundredfold anyway. Walk in this. I don't have to go put it on. That's the point I'm trying to get this morning. I don't have to put this on. You walk with it. You walk with authority. You walk with power. You walk with protection. Amen? All right, my last one this morning is this. Don't cut off the hem. Don't cut it off. We don't have time to go in the whole story, but in 1 Samuel, it talks about David. And Saul was his mentor, and Saul had such a toxic relationship with David. It was a love-hate relationship. When he needed blessings, he called on David. But David knew not to touch the anointing. He knew not to, he knew to honor God in all ways. But he had an opportunity when he was angry in the cave and he snuck and said, I'm not gonna kill him because I know I can't kill him, that would be wrong. But I'm gonna cut, what did he do? He cut the hem of his garment. He cut the corner, what did he take? The covenant. In his anger, in his frustration, We've all been there in disappointment. We cut that covenant right off. The very thing that we need to embrace, the very thing that we need to wrap ourselves around, the grace of God, we're angry and we cut it off. And many people walk away from God or we still keep coming to church, but we're not walking in that covenant the way God has called us to walk into it. And it says in scripture, if you want to put it up there, 24 verse 5, now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. The moment you break covenant with Jesus, the moment you walk away, the moment you get angry, there's a sadness within your heart. Why is that? Because we were created for covenant. We were created for grace. We were created for this incredible intimate relationship with him, amen? So thankful for these outward expressions, but we need the grace of God. We need that covenant with wrapped in that blue and in that beautiful place with God. I'm going to close with this last scripture verse, and it's in Psalms 139.5, and I pray this over all of you and my family that I love in Psalms 139. It says, you have hedged me behind and before. What's that? You've wrote me in. You've covered me. You've hedged me in and laid your hand upon me. The covenant of God goes before you, and the covenant of God goes behind you. That's the hemming in of the grace of God. How many are so thankful for the grace of God? Tassel represented the covenant of God, the new covenant of God. Amen. Represents healing. Represents protection. Don't cut off the covenant because you're discouraged. Stay in faith, believing. Keep trusting God, amen? 
And when you do, you'll be like Ruth. You'll have the miracle experience. I'm going to invite the praise team up real quick. And I'm going to ask those of you, you want to just stand to your feet because we're going to worship one song before we dismiss today. But I'm going to ask any of you, if you need prayer for anything, physically, mentally, spiritually, healing, whatever it is today, or in proxy, I want you to come to the altars right now. And we're going to pray for you because I believe I've been praying all week long for this revelation to hit your heart today so that when you leave, you will leave healed. You're going to leave touched by the power of God, not because of me or anybody else, but because of the grace of God and the healing power of God. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to make your way. You can come all the way into the middle. Just make your way. Everybody, maybe it's financial. I don't know. I don't care what it is. Just make a motion. You're coming under this blanket of his love and grace right now. You're coming under the covenant of his word right now. That what you need is already done. Your healing is done in the name of Jesus. Your financial breakthrough is done in the name of Jesus. There's anointing here right now. It's supernatural. Depression is being broken right now in his presence. Just worship him. If you're at this altar, get your eyes on him. There's healing sweeping from one side to the left side across this room. There's breakthrough. There's freedom. There's deliverances. We're breaking generational curses and generational boundaries in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for financial breakthroughs in their life. We thank you for family members coming back to the kingdom of God. We thank you for family members' restoration to each other in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare healing, balm of Gilead over them right now in this altar. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank him. Father, we thank you and praise you that, God, you shut every door to the past, God. Every moment before they walked into this church, God, that, Lord, they are going to walk out in the covenant and the healed of the Lord, Father God. They're going to walk, run and not grow weary. They're going to walk and not faint, God. Hallelujah. Strengthen their bones and strengthen their muscles, Father God. Hope on the inside of them in the name of Jesus. If you have an ailment in your body, just begin to move it right now. Just begin to move it in the name of Jesus. We speak healing over these bodies. Healing, supernatural, supernatural in the name of Jesus. Manifestations begin to happen right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, that by the stripes of Jesus, they are healed, God. All discouragement, all fear, all anxiety go in Jesus' name. I just hear the Lord say, some of you are just, the question why, it's been why, just hear why. And God says, remove the why, just remove it. Don't worry about why it happened, why it was this way. God says, let it go and just step into my healing, step into my faith, step into trust. Just reach out for the hem of his garment right now in the spirit. See yourself healed, see yourself whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just worship together as you're at the altars. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Just worship him if you're up here. Just worship him. Everybody worship. Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. Just step into him. Jesus, Jesus. 
You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands up all over this room this, this morning. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. 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 I just see a beautiful presence of God just laying right on top of all of you. I just see his presence. I just see his presence. Just reach out for him right now. Just reach out for him. Just reach up to his hem right now. Just reach up. If you have to see the hem, that's okay. See it. It's just the anointing. It's just the covenant. When you see it, it's just the promise of God. Just reach out for that right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Praise your name. Father, we release grace, grace, grace over them. Grace, Father God. We break all condemnation, all legalism. Let it shatter off of them, Father God. Let them come under this beautiful covering of your grace, Father God, of your love, of your unconditional love, Father God. I just see some of you have not really felt the presence of God in a long time. You love him, but that presence, that tangible of God has been missing. And God says, I am breathing on you in this moment. I am breathing my presence and my glory on you. I also see heaven opening up over you, and there's going to be a download. God's going to begin to talk to you. He's going to begin to speak to you. I see creative ideas. I, I see faith. I see where there's been like a brick ceiling. God says, I'm shattering that brick ceiling. I'm removing it away from you, and you're going to have an intimate relationship with me again. You're going to feel my presence. You're going to hear my voice. God says, take the shackles of condemnation off of your feet. Take it off. Shake it off, says the Lord. Receive my love today, my all unconditional love for you. Even some of you in his presence is just struggling with that, but just press in. Tell him, I receive your grace and your love. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you, Father. Father, we seal this moment of faith by the blood of the Lamb. I speak the scriptures over them. Hem them in right now. Everyone here, everyone watching, God, hem them in. Behind them, in front of them, God. Lord, everything that you've done and you've started and you've begun, let it produce the harvest and the fruit, God, that they so need and they long for in this moment, Father God. Open up the windows of heaven and the favor of God like they've not experienced in a very long time, God. We put the blood of Jesus over this. Put the blood of Jesus enemy can't steal it he can't touch it he can't rob it in the name of jesus because they are in covenant the blue veil is around them the blue thread is wrapped around them god they are in covenant with grace and mercy that follows them every day father god and we thank you that they'll walk with that picture today lord god that they are with you with you they are yours and you are theirs god in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a great big praise this morning?